Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. <sighs> the spread of misinformation has fueled our cultural divide and increased our collective anxiety about the future. Tackling misinformation isn't a simple task, but it's important. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about Conspirituality, a podcast that's dismantling new age cults, wellness grifters, and conspiracy mad yogis. On the show, a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic walk into a bar and the bartender says, no, 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 it's not that old joke. They dive deep into current events such as RFK Jr.'s involvement in mainstreaming dangerous anti-vax rhetoric. Urgh. They crowdsource, research, analyze, and dream up answers to the problem with, get this, proven science as their ultimate guiding light. I highly recommend you check out Conspirituality's fascinating episodes on creating comedy in the MAGAverse with Jordan Klepper or RFK Jr. flirting with body fascism. And you've listened to a bunch of them at this point, Paul, I know, and you tell me you love it. I, I do. They're, they're fascinating, and my favorite part is they use, wait for it, proven science. Science? And, and if, if there's any kids listening, that's a class we used to take. Proven yep. science as their ultimate guiding light. I love that. From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed about misinformation and help you resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Paula Poundstone, we're here in the studio. It's an hour before the show. Yes. And we are taking Allegra allergy medicine we it, are we are testing their claim that it keeps you in the moment or helps you be in the what, moment? no the, the claim is uh tony what was it Key, uh, here it is here it is get back to the moment okay with allegra so we'll know during the show as this starts to take effect yeah whether this helps us get back in the moment exactly all right um, all so, right i've so removed cheers. mine from the silver uh from the foil what are those called Fo uh, they're called foil wrappers or something from the foil i don't think I don't it's think called a, a foil no there is a technical term just for take it. your pill all right hold all right here on. we go cheers medication time <laughs> cheers all right Oh, I don't feel so good. Ha! <laughs> yes, welcome to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. On today's show, burial or cremation. Dr. David Sloan advises us on making life's ultimate paper or plastic type decision. And... Could Paula quit her comedy job and take up real estate? On our Career Corner segment, real estate agent Taylor Hasselhoff helps Paula find out if she could make it as a realtor. If you tune in next week and I'm doing the show by myself, check out a spacious condo on beautiful Miranda Street in North Hollywood. It's loaded with charm and comes with a bonus toilet right on the curb. 
<laughs> I'm Adam Felber, your broker of common sense. And now, please welcome the woman whose mind is an open house that never closes, Paula Poundstone. Thank you very much. All right. <laughs> and also, welcome to tonight's uh, house band, Banjo Picker Chuck McLean. Paula? Uh, thank you, Chuck. Nice job, house band. Welcome, Paula. Uh, thanks. Uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of death this week. Uh, so that I reminds can't wait. Yeah, I know. It's going to be really fun. <laughs> Honestly, that, and that is that reminds me topic. of uh, Thomas Coyne. Thomas Coyne, uh, the, who is, for those uh, who've forgotten, yeah. uh, he is the survivalist. That was supposed to appear on maybe our second show. Our, our, th- our fourth show. Our fourth show, yeah. and he just never showed up. Right. He was he going to come here to t- explain to us how to survive a bear attack. Yeah. And, ap- and apparently Miranda Street was too much for him. Yeah, yeah. So well, there's a lot of bears uh, right around the... Did you see the big one just as you turned the corner? I don't think that's a bear. I think that's a dude. No, that was a bear. And you know what? What? I'm going to make for you. A what balloon you... animal of a bear that I've seen on Miranda Street. Okay, now, if you haven't been tuning in lately, Paula is under the impression that she makes balloon animals. Whereas, to my mind, what she does can more accurately be defined as blowing up balloons. No. Okay, do you see the big paws? Do you see? I already made one, by the way. There's it's... a big paws in this show right now. No, there's a big... <laughs> no, do you see the big... This is the mother bear. That's a balloon. This is the mother it's bear. Spherical it's a spherical balloon. It's not spherical. This is a mother bear, <laughs> and she's right over near the mattresses, two doors down from where we record. And this, by the way, in case you were wondering, yeah, this a... balloon animal that I made, this is the Transamount... This is a Transamerica Tower from yeah. San Francisco. Do you recognize it? I don't. With a guy sticking his head out of the window on the 23rd floor holding a grape. Can you see that? I can see a balloon that has not been twisted in any particular shape, <laughs> is what I can see. You are totally... Oh, wait. Oh, my mistake. Wait. Now, now you're trying to twist it. Now, there are ways to do that. That's a twistable balloon right there, but yeah, I don't feel like you've learned this. <laughs> I just know no, that's going to pop. No, it's yeah. not. This is perfect. Oh, there we go. Oh, my God. There he is. Do you see him on Ladies the 23rd floor? Ladies and gentlemen, floor? for the first time, Paula Poundstone has twisted a balloon into a shape. I am really good at this stuff. Oh, my God. Oh, dear. All right. Well, let's get back to the topic, which is that listeners have been emailing us with their theories about Thomas Coyne. Sarah Anderson from Topeka, Kansas, wrote, quote, We have formed a search party, and frustratingly, we must report that Thomas Coyne was not found in the following places. This, by the way, was in Topeka, Kansas. So if you're in another state, um, you may find him in these places. Right, but in Topeka, we've already searched the uh, sunflower fields near our house. Okay, not there. The hostess factory in Emporia, Kansas. Yeah, check. All the mine shafts I could find on my walk to the post office. I didn't even know there were mine shafts There probably anymore. weren't. She said I, all yeah, of the ones. It yeah, could mean yeah, zero. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, good point. Yeah. yeah. And I'll bet you Timmy was down at least three of them. <laughs> He's always down that well. Yeah. He I don't was know why always that, in a mine shaft. I don't shaft. know why that dog puts yeah. up with him. I don't know why those parents were never, you know, social workers social never came out. Like how many times like, has Timmy been in a mine shaft Falling down a well. I guess he's clumsy, yeah. right? Um, the ping pong section at Dick's Sporting Goods. Oh, I thought he was going to be there. No, nope, wasn't. The bench in the woods where I laid down to die during a Cub Scout hike. Uh-huh, uh-huh. The hole under my cabinet where my cats keep losing tinkle balls. Tinkle balls? Tinkle balls. I just call those balls with bells in them. Okay, I think Never tinkle occurred. balls is a more efficient use of language there. Tinkle balls. Yeah. No, I that sounds like it. a basketball that cats peed on. All righty. <laughs> Um, here are two more <laughs> listeners, Thomas, uh, who, uh, with boy, Thomas Coyne theories. That boy, boy, that that, uh, that uh, Kobe Bryant sure could dribble that tinkle ball. 
How many times did you hear that during a Never. Lakers game? Not once. Yeah. That's because he, yeah. he kept his cats away from yeah. the ball. <laughs> Kobe, right here. Tinkle ball, over here. I am uncomfortable with the subject of tinkle balls for some reason. <laughs> um, so here are two more theories from listeners. Frank Naranti from Philadelphia thinks, quote, Thomas Coyne is in witness protection from his stalker, Paula Pound. Never mind. Decent I, theory. I have looked some places for Thomas right. Coyne. I, mean, I haven't he, gone to his he address. Might, he might be hiding from you. Oh, I'm pretty certain. Like, like he a could lot have of been times, in that supermarket in uh, in Massachusetts. He might have been in a bear suit because just as I came up, a right. big bear lumbered away. You know, you know, right you around did, the corner. You, it didn't. It might have been me coming back from it getting did. the soda. Hold on a minute. Have you, you know, seen I went the balloon to the, I wanna... animal that I made? Of oh. no, I don't want to see that. Um, at the at the risk of being Poundstone esque and digressing, I went to the convenience store on our corner here in our at the lovely Ray Horseman Studios. Yeah. On Miranda Street for the first time. Yeah. And you know, it's kind of a sketchy neighborhood, but it's a right. it's a well lit store. And as I was walking out, I saw what I believed was a painting of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Not my particular Lord and Savior, but I yeah. thought it was him. Yeah. Well, not it's mine a either, by the way. It's a painting over the door and Someone's it's illuminated. Lord and Savior Someone, Jesus many Christ. Many people's Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Yeah. Because it had a halo behind the head and it was like an illuminated yeah, right. religious Which painting. Is what the, yeah. But I looked more closely as I was leaving and I didn't want to break my stride and, you know, stop and gawk. But yeah. um, it was a portrait of Lionel Messi. Who is? The Argentinian soccer player who plays for uh, <laughs> Barcelona. And he was backlit? He was backlit with a freaking halo. Huh. Yeah. About, Glenn Close was like that in The Natural. Did you see the movie The Natural? They, they did backlight her, Yeah, yes. they did. Like a lot. <laughs> sort of a different thing. Yeah. Was, they yeah. weren't making her look like Jesus or anything. No, yeah. Huh. All right, well, anyway. I would, I would far prefer to worship a, uh, a soccer player than, a, than, than a, your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm kind of with you on that. Yeah. Yeah, at least, at, least, at least you know it's it's a more but entertaining to thing to do know, with your it's Sunday. It's good to know that they have a point of view over there. Yeah, at that. they do. Uh, they, I've been in that store before, and let me tell you something: Thomas Coin nowhere to be found right. there. And let's also add: you can't spell Messiah without Messi. Wow, I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, boy, you are one of those quick jumble doers, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're referring to the revered newspaper. Jumble game? Yeah. yeah. Who's the guy? I was on his show one time. Who's the radio? He's a radio guy. He's a, he's a public radio show, and he writes the crossword puzzles. Oh. Will Shorts. Yeah. And yeah. So See, I this was... is why I never digress, because then you're just going to digress from my digression, and we're going to be <laughs> um, so far off course. Well, you know what? Let me just say that right now, <laughs> yes. Allegra is not bringing me back to the moment. Anyway, we have a listener from Paris, France, Alan Risto. He says this. Somebody in my neighborhood did, in fact, leave a manhole cover open last Friday, and somebody did, in fact, fall into it. French privacy laws prevent them from naming the person in question, but I have no reason to believe it was Thomas Coyne. Wait a minute. French privacy laws cover someone who's fallen into a manhole? You're not allowed to say their name? Yeah, well, well in France, um, it's called an homme hole. A what? An homme hole. What does homme mean? Man. Oh. In French. Uh. So if you so so all right. So if someone <laughs> falls down the hole, they're like, "Help! Help!" And then someone's walking by, and they go, "Who's down there?" And yeah. they go, "Can't tell you." That's right. Like, yeah, that doesn't sound. <laughs> I like... am forbidden to reveal my identity, <laughs> but please rescue me with all due alacrity. Yeah, and that doesn't yeah, sound like that's a exactly good... what you're supposed to say in France. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That right, we got to like move good... on because we're so far behind. But are, are um, we already behind? Yes, yeah, we are. Yeah. Nope. Paula, I gotta get back to the moment. You want well. That's what we're gonna get to. Yeah. We're gonna get to we're getting back get to, to the, the moment. moment because you, Adam, are, and I have already taken. Go ahead, Adam. Tell we've him. already taken Allegra, the allergy medication, not because we're both allergic, although we are. We both have terrible allergies. But because Paula wants to test the claims of advertisers, not the 
the factual claims, but kind of the slogans that seem to go a little bit overboard. And the slogan of Allegra is... Uh, the slogan of Allegra is get back to the moment. Right. Uh, so Adam and I both took uh, an allergy, an Allegra allergy pill right. before the show started. And now we're seeing if we're, if, gonna get if ba- we're able to get back to the moment. Other and things that we may get back to. I read the list of side effects, but uh, after we took it. Well, um, what are the side effects? Uh, well, be ready for this. Um, yeah. Common side effects of Allegra include nausea, oh. stomach upset or pain, oh. loss of appetite, Constipation. You know what? Not in a million years. We'll see. Loss of appetite. Constipation. I could take a whole box of Allegra and I'd still eat this bag of Doritos. <laughs> Trouble sleeping. I've never had a loss of appetite ever. Headache. Uh huh. Dizziness. Ooh. Nervousness. Ooh. Dry mouth. Feeling restless or excited, especially in children. Come on, come on, come on. Skin rash or itching. Oh my God. Drowsiness. Yeah. Problems with memory or concentration, to okay, which I well, would answer, how yeah. would we know? Right. But the other thing is, yeah. I don't see how you can have problems with concentration if it's getting you back to the moment. Get, yeah. back, get back to the moment with... Allegra. Allegra. Okay. With what was it again? Allegra. Allegra. Yeah. yeah, get back to the moment. Also, ringing in your ears, which I have at all times uh, anyway. Yeah. So Adam has... What is it called? Tinnitus. Tinnitus. Yeah. Yeah. It's not really what it's also, called. Also, fast, irregular, pounding, heartbeat, shaking, mental mood changes, and problems urinating. Oh, I don't have problems urinating. You I never just, have. I, no, I just did a couple seconds ago. Just now? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah, it's flowing like Niagara. Nice to hear. Um, All right, so um, so on the, on the, uh, we, we've, we've cleared that subject, I think. What we'll do yeah, is, as okay. it starts to take effect, we'll see if it's helping us stay in the moment. Yeah. And I would love it if it really got us back to the moment. I, I, it's part of the reason I wanted to take it. Right. It had nothing to do with allergies. I just was hoping something could bring me back to the moment. Wow. So we're really, we're really lab rats here. Yeah. We've taken drugs. Yeah, maybe absolutely. that'll be a maybe that'll be a regular segment. We'll just take a drug. <laughs> take drugs with Paula and Adam. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> just you know, get a prescription for something and take it. We can get like some quack to. Some listener oh. that's, uh, that's a questionable doctor. If you're a listener who's a medical stuff. doctor with questionable ethics, please send us an email and let us know this. You know what? Don't even bother with an email. Just send medicine. Uh, yeah. You don't even have to label it. No, you do it to label it. No, don't label it. Make it a surprise. Oh. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not willing to go there. Please oh, I label would do it. that in a heartbeat. Yes, you, you do would. That? Yeah, yeah. I would. All right. Well, let's move on. Um, I, I, <laughs> Yeah, you know, taking Allegra won't kill you, but getting back to the moment might. So okay. let's talk about being dead. Oh, that's always amusing. I can um, hardly wait. So, Paula, my big question is: Yeah, after you die, burial or cremation? Uh, for me, absolutely cremation. I think. I think. You think so? I think. Why? Uh, um, save space for one thing. Mm-hmm. My kids, by the way, uh, are already planning on cremating me, and I am begging them to wait. Uh, <laughs> I've told them to just put me in the mulch pile, right? And um, and then like if anybody comes by and notices a body in there, just say they know nothing about it. Why the mulch pile? Um, because it's right beside the house, so it's oh, sort right. of no fuss, no muss, right. and uh, the worms love it. Yep. Uh, yeah, I just figure it's easy. Mulching. Yeah, well, I, we'll, we'll get, I, I we'll spend get, a we'll, lot we'll, of time at the mulch pile. We'll look into the. That's good to know as yeah. well. <laughs> we'll get into the mulching possibility right now because we have with us. We have with us, let's get, let's get some insight on an expert. Dr. David Sloan is a professor in urban planning and urban history at the University of Southern California and author of the book, 
is the cemetery dead? Please welcome Dr. David Sloan. Hey, Paula. You know, every once in a while, we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. And I played I played Peter Quince. There. There's the connection. One of the mechanicals. That's a great connection. Also, yes, has nothing to do with this, which is that um, Quince is an online clothing store. And as you know, Paula, I've, uh, I've lost a little weight lately. Oh, right. 75 pounds. Yeah. So I literally have no clothes that are in my size until I just ordered some stuff at Quince. And I figured like, here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself. A whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. These are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i i think my eyes closed they're so co- it's a softness it's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that too. Like so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're European. Keep that in mind. Uh, oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kinds. Of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. Quince sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't (laughs) think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because when Helix first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep 
so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally, and everybody just piles on it, and it it's comfy, and yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique, and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions. Plus, enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress from my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. Hey, listener, it's Zach Harper, Amin Al Hassan, and Anthony Mays of Cinephobe. You may be asking yourself, what is Cinephobe? Amin, would you like to fill in the people? Cinephobe is the podcast where Zach and I watch movies that are poorly rated on Rotten Tomatoes and try to ascertain. Oh, we're trying to well. ascertain? Yes. Okay. Ascertain. Whether or not they're accurately poorly rated, or maybe they didn't get a fair shake. Cinephobe, produced by this guy, Anthony Mays. Hey, that's me. I produced this show. I also watched the movies, even though that wasn't included in the description, and I also ascertained. This month is... Wow! Oh, Maze, why'd you say that? Supercharge it. <laughs> so that this promo can remain evergreen. 
McCavity. I feel like explaining a little bit more. In 60 seconds? I don't know. Maybe I don't bring attention to it. Assuring people like, look, if you listen, you're going to get it. Just give it, give it time. That's a good promo. Just listen to it. Give it time. You'll figure it out. Is this the promo right now? Isn't it? Okay, I think we got it. Cinefo. Wherever you get podcasts. <laughs> thank you so much for being here. I'm very pleased to be here. Dr. Sloan, and also thank you to house band Chuck McLean. That's some snappy picking there. Oh, thanks. Okay, Dr. Sloan. What are people choosing to do more nowadays, cremation or burial? So in 1960, roughly 2% of Americans were cremated. And this year, roughly 48, uh, 50% of Americans were cremated. And it's for the first time in either 2015, 16, or 17, more people were cremated than they were buried. Now, what, why? So the reason is typically given is cost. Because it's oh, it's cheaper. cheaper. It is. It is less. Because expensive. you're not paying for the big box. Not paying for the or the box. real estate. Not not paying. Well, you're paying for a little bit of real estate, but not as much. There's all sorts of reasons. But it was cheaper in 1960. And so people still didn't do it. So it's not the cost that's driving on, it. Right? Yeah. And I would argue it's the culture. So we had a very strong belief in institutions of death in those days. So you went to the hospital, you died. You went to the church and had your service. You went to the funeral home and your body was there. Then you went to the cemetery. And most people never get to enjoy most of those steps. Most of those steps Personally. are pretty, no. I mean, yeah. most people <laughs> don't get to enjoy those steps. You mean the dead person? Yeah. So after you cremated, by the way, because I was in uh, Boulder, Colorado just a few days ago, and a van passed me. While we were driving, a van passed me that ha- was a business. It had on the side of it, it said, it, what does it say? Uh, Ash Distribution Services. Have you ever heard of such a company? I have never heard of such a company, but I'm not surprised by it. Because once people cremate uh, their loved one, they often don't know what to do with it, right? So it just sort of sits in a shoebox in a closet. Or, or, they, or you scatter them somewhere, right? Okay, do you have any statistics so, on that, scattering versus earning? You know, there's not really good statistics on scattering. Okay. It's clearly grown a lot in huh. the last half century. Yeah. A lot. And so many more. There's really three things that happen. One, people never pick them up. Oh, they, they just they leave just them leave there? Them so they just the have piles of dead people ash? And so they'll wow. they'll bury them someplace. Uh-huh. Or they do, they take them home and put them in the mantle or put them in the garage or that kind of stuff. Or they, they inter them. In a cemetery, or they scatter them. Yeah. And so scatterings become much more popular, much more as the number of people are being cremated, people are much more likely to be scattered. And where are the, where are the most popular hot spots for scattering ashes? Like, where should I not be dining outdoors? <laughs> so you, people get scattered all over the place. Don't they do it at Disneyland? And, and doesn't they Disneyland them in not and, allow yeah, it? No, it's illegal. Yeah. But they sneak them in and, and drop them because people are really excited. They do it in the national parks. Yeah, right. They do it in is local parks. Is there a downside parks. to that? I mean, why is it illegal? I mean, why does Disney care? If there's dead people, Ash. So because of the pineapple ice cream that is in Adventureland. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I well, there's only, it's like one of the few places that you can get that dull pineapple uh, soft serve ice cream. It's yeah. like near the Tiki Tiki room. Sure, sure. Yeah. Another one. And if you're enjoying that cone with your kids and all of a sudden somebody's Aunt Edna's ashes. 
well, appear like Jim, so, like so many posthumous Jimmys. Uh, but you, you don't know. It's, uh, they don't just they don't they don't rub your cone in them. They, no, but if it, 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 it's the end, the ashes, my friend, are blowing in the wind. Okay, but do you know? Can you recognize them as dead people ashes when they blow? Doesn't it just if, is if it you just get, like dust? If you get enough of it, it's different than just dust. Is I mean, it? It's, it's, Talk it's to little, us about little, that, Doctor Sloan. It's a little more uh, granular, and it's more granular. It, yeah, and oh, keep man. in mind that there are if the crematory doesn't do a great job. Oh, so there there's could, like big chunks of there Aunt could Edna. Be a little bit of uh, like, oh, there's foam. her purse. There are beads. Yeah. That wasn't a good job at all. <laughs> I think purse and beads would be a really bad job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Really and, they're, and they're on my pineapple cone. Oh, here's the, here's the um, hard candies that she used to keep at the bottom of her bag. It's Jolly Ranchers. <laughs> But there is another thing. There is another thing, and that is Disney doesn't want to have people think that their place is a place where people can randomly throw away human remains. Well, I mean, they, yeah, that's, not not the, that's not the, the tone Dr. they're Dr. trying Sloan to get makes across. makes a very good point here. <laughs> I, I have to disagree. What? We're not, and you're not talking about somebody who's who's put their loved one in a wood chipper and is now just carrying around like chunks of them and tossing them out at Disneyland. This is, there's like, it's it's a thin dust and they're sprinkling well, we, it. We've just learned that it's not always a very thin dust anyway. And, right, but, it's a thick dust yeah. and they're sprinkling okay, so, it in small so worlds. So if they said yes. If they like said 23 yes. 23 million people go to Disneyland a year. Yeah. Well, so not everyone what, has. 10% they don't make it. decide to take grandma along? That's 2.3 million cremation remains floating around the air? Yeah. I don't think Disney would be happy. Yeah, but they have those guys that come with the dustpan and sweep up right away. I'm going to say we should move on. <laughs> So uh, I don't, Let me Sloan. just say that although I don't want anybody, okay, just in case my kids, they, they will never listen. They, my kids are some of the people who don't listen to Paula Poundstone. Which by case, definition of our title is everybody. Yeah. In case, in case my children, and you know who you are, uh, ever uh, do, when, if I'm cremated, you have my permission to sprinkle me at Disneyland. Wow. Yeah. You're inciting uh, law-breaking here. Yeah. yeah. Not near the teacups. The teacups make me dizzy, even if I'm just watching them. You're dead in this scenario. It doesn't matter. Okay. I have a feeling that those teacups are so painful to me that I could even be dead, mm -hmm. and you'd hear my ashes go, ugh. Okay. Yeah. Now, Dr. Sloan, um... <laughs> What are some uh, of the green initiatives that are happening in burial practices? There's there's, there's new stuff in death. What, there what's, is. What's up? There's really great stuff. Uh, the most important, from your perspective, is that there's now an attack upon fire cremation as un un environmentally unsound. Wait a minute. Why is that environmentally Because it uses unsound? a lot of fos fossil fuels to run the crematory. Oh, and so they come up with wood burning crematories, or no? It's mostly natural grass. Oh, okay, but oh. but so people have come up with a this idea of aquamation. That is what essentially that like the hoses that they use to wash the side of a building. It's more. Just it's more. It's a, 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 a container you get put in, and they fill it with alkaline hydrolysis, and that strips the the organic material from your body uh -huh. and turns your bones into a dust kind of thing. And then the and the, then it's off to everything else goes down the drain, oh. and then the dust is left. And so that uses That's about... That's kind of cool. That's called aquamation? Yeah, and that uses about 15% of the energy. Huh. Oh, wow. It sounds like a 70s cartoon. Aquamation! <laughs> <laughs> it also is... A 
absolutely a way that somebody's going to be murdered in some movie coming it's up very soon, happen. right? Uh, yeah, it's absolutely. Happen. What would happen to a live person in an aquamation tank? <laughs> it would not be pretty. It would not be pretty. Oh, yeah. oh that's going to oh, be good. Mr. Bond. <laughs> <laughs> there's another one. That, there's, there's actually another one called Promission. What Promission? is Promission? Oh, is, that sounds is, vaguely religious. It's where they use uh, liquid nitrogen to get rid of everything on your body. It's almost like, you know, if you want it to be funny, cute, it's like freeze-driving dri- freeze dri- the body, so then what's left is just these crystals that crack up and get you can put into a box. Okay, but who does the cracking up? The same, it would be a crematory operator. Oh. Okay, because that, that, that feels like, like, a, you... like an un- unpleasant job. Like, okay, now there's a desiccated husk still in the shape of a human being, and it's my job to, to kind of squish him until he fits into it, until he's dust. Well, you know what? It could be fun for, like, the grandkids. Um, you know how sometimes, like, your kids <laughs> like to pop bubble wrap? I knew you were going to take this to bubble wrap. <laughs> like the kids, I, feel... I didn't even like my kids to pop yeah. the bubble wrap because then it was no longer useful. Um, and so it felt I wasteful to me. I feel like pulverizing if, Grandpa's husk is in no way like popping bubble wrap. No, but wrap. if I, I'm not, uh, no, if I'm f- frozen, what was it called? It's called promission. If I'm promissioned, then <laughs> uh, then my kids feel free to jump all over me and get and make it into that fine dust. <laughs> and then and then it's uh, what's the mountain I like? What's the one? I don't know at Disneyland. Magic Mountain. Oh, Magic Mountain? No, the other no, one. I mean, no, that's a that's six The Matterhorn! The Matterhorn. That's I want right. to be up on the Matterhorn. That's a quality okay. ride. Yeah, it's a yeah. great ride. Yeah, it's a very good ride. And then the last environmental one is oh. Natural Burial. Natural Burial? Where you what don't get into bombs. You don't use a casket. You don't use a, a vault. You just get wrapped in a shroud. You put in the ground, plant a tree, and turn hope and, and allow the nature to take back the body. That's oh, great. Oh, I like that. Oh, well, until the, the raccoons bones, dig it up, but the right? Bone, the bones you know. will stay, right? Yeah, but yeah. It, it would dissolve into the ground. Over the time. bones dissolve? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bones go away over time. Yeah, yeah. No, over they time. don't. Yes, yes, they, they do. do. Bones don't go away over Dr. time. Dr. Sloan, back me up. They do not. I can promise you. They do not. Yes, well, they do. Well, you what? can't just keep yelling they do not. We've got, <laughs> a, we've got an actual doctor of... History. Um, dis- deceasedness <laughs> right here. Do- Dr. Dead. Dr. Look, deceased. But, no, no, he's um, urban planning. No, but what about when people find dinosaur bones? They've been the, there for th- hundreds of thousands of years. That's because they're in a particular kind of soil that allows them to be kept for a really long time. There's all sorts yeah. of dinosaur bones that you're never going to find because it they- It takes a dinosaur with quite an ego to go find yeah. Yeah. the right soil. Exactly. To, to, to fossilize it, to, yeah. Right, to nestle down in for his death right. so that years from now people will find him uh, and make make a museum out of him. Yeah, no, I knew they didn't dissolve into the earth. <laughs> y- yeah, most of them do, though. It's oh, the point, right? Then I don't understand why they keep finding remains. Because it's fossilized remains. Now, it, it, fossilization is something that happens only under very specific circumstances. Back me up, Dr. Sloan. That's correct. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So, by the way, uh, are you back in the moment? I feel like you know what? I feel super high. Do you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you might have to steer this ship. I think. I guess. I think. I, can... I think. I'm just. I'm rolling on Allegra right now. <laughs> I guess it depends what moment you're trying to return to. Yeah, when you I've get returned back to some of moment. my college days. At yeah. We've <laughs> gotten back in that moment. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um. I, I feel like there's. Something else I need to know about. So what I about hope it's something just from mulching? Our guest. 
Yeah. What so about- there is actually a really wonderful, thoughtful woman in uh, the Carolinas, Katrina Oh, my Spade, gosh. For a minute, I thought you were wants, talking about me until you got to the Carolinas. Uh, who wants to uh, create a essentially a human composting uh, building where your body would go in at the top and you'd just go down through this very rich nutrient and oil, oil, soil. And at the bottom, you would come out and the people would take the soil away with your remains in it and they could use it on their gardens or they could use it other places. Oh, I like that I idea. I like that a lot. Yeah, that sounds really good. <laughs> tell, tell me, I mean, you do urban planning and development. Yep. What are the odds that we're going to be able to, not to be crass about it, reclaim some of that real estate? Like when I was growing up, on Long Island, New York, driving into New York City, you know, you go through Queens, and there are, there are acres and acres and acres of old, old cemeteries where that looks like valuable real estate to me. I mean, maybe this is a question for our next guest, but um, <laughs> is there any movement on to kind of like? So the question becomes, what does it mean to get it back? Well, because be at some for, level, for it's park space. Or, yeah, well, at some level, you can already walk through most of those cemeteries. They don't. Yeah, stop but they're terrible or, for softball games. Yeah, really. They are. Yeah, I almost broke my foot playing soccer. They're not going to let you barbecue there either. <laughs> they no. aren't going to. Yeah, but they can be used as passive recreation, as Frederick Olmsted would have put it, like in Central Park, where he didn't want ballparks there either. He wanted you to be able to go in and contemplate nature, contemplate mortality, contemplate yourself. You just broke out a Frederick Olmsted reference. Good for nope. you. <laughs> Who's yeah. that? He's a guy. He's a guy who designed Central Park. He was a journalist, and then he won the contest to design Central Park, and then spent the rest of his life designing delightful park spaces. Okay. Did he work on the Chicago World's, World's Fair? He did. He did. 1893. <laughs> How did you know that? You know what? With the Allegra, I was able to get back to the moment. <laughs> but you were not at the Chicago World's Fair. That was like 1896. Oh, my God. Then I'm high, too. You're back at somebody else's moment. <laughs> oh. I am. I'm Mr. Ferris. Uh, you read Devil in the White City, I didn't did you? I did read Devil That's in the White City. That's what that was. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That a was very good, good book. It, it was is. a very good book. Well, you must have yeah. liked it because there was a lot of death in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not my kind of yeah. death, I but yeah. I, think, I don't think Dr. Sloan likes death, per se. It's no, it was a, a ser- there was a serial killer, and you must have thought, with each person that he killed, you must have thought, wonder where they went. <laughs> what ride are they distributed near? <laughs> what ride are they distributed near? Yeah, wonder if they're in a plot. All right. Yeah. Okay. Am I taking the words right out of your mouth? Is uh, that what you, you were are. thinking? Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, Thank yeah. you, sir. That was very nice of you. Um, all right. Well, you know thank- what? for that, I'm going to make you a balloon animal. Yeah. Thank you. Excellent. You can. In other words, for that, she's going to make you a balloon. Okay. Well, thank you, Dr. David Sloan, for helping us whistle through the graveyard. Paula, what advice can you give listeners about the choice between burial and cremation? Hey, Chuck McLean House Band, um, could you give me a little uh, creation, cremation versus burial summary background music? Sure, it's very specific. It's just what I was thinking of. Cremation isn't as environmentally sound as we may have thought. Cremation ovens are powered by fossil fuels. So unless your loved ones are willing to pedal energy into a battery with a stationary bike in order to power the crematorium, it's not green. If you have a loved one's ashes in a box, don't distribute them in Toontown. It's illegal. You don't want to be cuffed by Sheriff Woody while you're trying to shake Aunt Edna out of a sippy cup. 
You can use a process of breaking down the body called aquamation, which is done with a super soaker. Or you can be frozen and cracked into little pieces without even going to Chicago in the winter. All right. Dr. David Sloan is a professor of urban planning and urban history at the University of Southern California and the author of Is the Cemetery Dead? Thank you for being on our show. All right. The cat of the week is Dexter from Austin, Texas. A detective came and knocked on the door, and I said, is it Renee? And he just gave me that solemn look. It was the worst day ever. The Proof Podcast is back with a new case and a new season. 23 years ago, 18-year-old Renee Ramos went missing. Her body was later found in an empty Home Depot building on the edge of town. I don't think that they arrested the right people. It's about time somebody's trying to do something. She had a black eye about two weeks before she was murdered. They are involved. They definitely had her body and her backpack. You know people are going to judge you, right? Of course. They're judging me now. They've been judging me damn near my whole life. You can listen now to season two of Proof, wherever you get your podcasts. And follow along with us as we reinvestigate the murder at the warehouse. I have to ask, did you kill Renee? Jesus fucks. Get ready for the miracle of Mega, a comedy podcast from the staff of a fictional mega church. And, and not only does he f but he's the best at it. I'm Holly Loren. And I'm Greg Hess. Our characters, Hallie and Gray, welcome a new guest each week, played by some of the biggest names in comedy and podcasting. Like Scott Ackerman, Lauren Lapkus, Paul Shear, Jason Manzukis, Cecily Strong, and Duncan Trussell. I just love to think about that, the light shining down on all those corpses in the water and Noah just going by and maybe, maybe a mom being like, please, we're running out of energy. Can you please let us on the boat? It's completely improvised, and it's devilishly funny. Is there any question you have for us about, you know, what it means to live a life in Christ? I guess, how much do you think is bullshit? There's a new episode every Sunday. Listen and subscribe to Mega, wherever you get your podcasts. Best I ever had. Best I Y'all can do it. Y'all can do it. Y'all sing along. We you know what I'm saying? Go, Jesus, you the best. Jesus, you're the best. You're the best. You're the best. Jesus, you're Jesus, the best. You're the best. Oh, okay, best never mind. Best I ever had. Best wow. I ever had. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is supported in part by Warby Parker. Warby Parker. Warby Parker. We've got a new sponsor. And I'm I so excited that. about this one. I'm wearing Warby Parker frames right now. Are you really? Yeah, I am. Are those Warby Parker frames? These are Warby Parker frames. You know what They're happens? They're really nice. Is you choose the frames online. They show you pictures. And you choose five that you have a feeling for. Right. You can't really tell so good online. So, so then well. what they do is, yeah. it's so well. So they send you the, the five that you selected. And, they send you um, five frames to try on in your own home. Exactly. Okay. But before you do that, the, you're supposed to. I can't remember. Is this remember. the Allegra talking right here? I am having such a hard time getting back to the moment. <laughs> That's the opposite of what that stuff oh is supposed to do. Oh my gosh. But anyway, I think they've lied. Um. So uh, there's some weird thing you do where you measure the distance between your eyebrow to your nose with a credit card. Yeah, yeah, that, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm no, fairly I used to, certain. I was an assistant manager at a sunglass hut, oh, is so that I'm true? very, and very did they familiar do that? with this stuff. No, 
Oh, well, but, in this you know, case, but I've heard in this <laughs> case, I think they may actually be yeah. taking the number off of your credit card while you do it. I don't um, think that our uh, that our upstanding um, advertiser does that okay, at all. No, they okay. don't do that. All right. So you do give them some sort of a measurement of right. something. Um, uh, and they take a picture. That's what it is. They take you, you take a picture online. And uh, anyway, so they send you these five frames. And then you can try them on right there in your uh, comfy great. cozy. Sounds fantastic. Yeah, and then you, of course you choose the one that you're most fond of. Right. Which was hard to choose. I uh, those are very attractive glasses. I Thank think. you very much. You're welcome. Yeah. Glasses start at ninety five dollars, including prescription lenses. Um, lenses include anti glare and anti scratch coatings. That's a bargain. Uh, my glasses are much more expensive than anti glare and anti scratch. Yeah. Can you see any scratch on my lenses right now? Not a one. But of my not. my glasses are so scratched up, I wouldn't be able to see them on yours. Yeah. These are not. These are scratch free. For every pair you buy, a pair is distributed to someone in need. Well, that's cool. I like that a socially idea. responsible company. Order five pairs of glasses and try them on for five days, just like Paula was describing. There is no obligation to buy. It ships free and includes a free prepaid return shipping label. Head to warbyparker.com backslash Paula to order your free home try-ons today. And after you head to warbyparker.com backslash Paula and place your home try-on order, make sure to download the Warby Parker app from the iTunes App Store. I just want to say this. It was a no-fuss, no-muss process, and I can see. Paula, <laughs> thank you so much, House Band. That was very Chuck. to the point, Chuck. Thank you. <laughs> Paula, you know, sometimes Chuck's a little stingy with the notes. Yeah, yeah, you know what? He's he, like, I'm he, going to give you three notes, and you do it the way you will. That's right. Well, you know what? He does get paid by the notes, so that's yeah, that's probably that's economical for that everybody. Yeah. So, Paula, uh, tell me, and you've, we've talked about this before, but tell me how you feel about your job as a comic. Greatest job in the entire world. I love my job. I, I consider myself a proud moment, a, a proud member. Not a proud moment. I'm yeah. having a hard time getting back into to the that moment. moment. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, it's like the opposite of the advertising. It kind of is. I consider myself a proud member of the endorphin production industry. The part I loathe, however, is the self-promotion. Right. Having to always be, I have to constantly tweet where I'm appearing. I have to constantly do radio interviews where I say, On oh. On this podcast, you always tell us where you're going to be next. I do. I yeah. say, I'm coming to the blah, blah, blah. I hate that part. Okay. I don't like, I don't, I'm not good at self-promotion. Right. I loathe it, Adam. Right. I loathe it. So sometimes you find yourself thinking to yourself, what? Every now and then I think, what if I could do a different job? What if I had the skills to be like a real estate agent? All right. Well, Paula, to answer that question, Paula Boundstone, welcome to Career Corner. Yes, it's time for Career Corner, where we learn about the wide world of jobs that Paula might not or might be able to do. Would you like to be a fireman? Yes. How about an astronaut? Yes. Maybe you'd like to make a living as a spot welder. No. What, <laughs> what can you do with your life? Career Corner has the answer. This week, we're exploring the career of a real estate agent. Here to help Paula discover if she could cut it in the high-stakes world of real estate is luxury real estate agent at Aaron Kerman Partners, Taylor Hasselhoff. Let's have a big career corner welcome for Taylor. <laughs> Taylor Hasselhoff, welcome to Career Corner. Thank you. Uh, and happy to be here. So glad you could be here. So, so I, I just want to say one thing. We just have to back up a second. Okay. You mentioned spot welder. Yeah. I don't see how there could be enough work as a spot welder because you're just doing one spot. Yeah, we... 
clearly, we've established over the last couple of podcasts, we do not know what a spot welder is. Spot welder just seems yeah. silly to me. I imagine that it's somebody who goes and welds in specific spots that need it. Oh, is there such a thing as a spot real estate agent where you just sell like one section of a house? No, 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 no spot, no spot. How is Paula going to become a real estate agent? What are the requirements that she needs to start being a real estate agent tomorrow morning? So you have to take a course, and the course pretty much can be three months. It could take a year. It really just depends on how much you want to focus on working at it. And then you have this big test. The test is gnarly because it's three hours. You're staring at a computer screen. You have to get a C to pass it. But indeed, like all the questions are meant to trick you. So they really? they'll That's create nasty. these yeah they create these paragraphs that should be you know these questions like two sentences it's like a, you know a whole two paragraph thing at the end you're like what the heck are they trying to ask you yeah. but once you pass that then you well, become what a real kind agent. of questions are they I mean they'll ask you anything from you know what do you have to do with certain types of like loans or what do you have to do in a situation where you're trying to buy like commercial real estate versus a house you know mm-hmm. like what do you have to do what are the steps Mm-hmm. And also the laws of being a real estate agent, you know, what you can and can't do, you know, what sometimes people cross the line a lot, like how you can advertise yourself. Like you can't be a walking advertisement without certain things on your advertisement, like your logo and your right. license number and certain things Are like that. Are there things that you can, you can and can't say about the home? It's up to the client. So if uh-huh. I if I'm selling a house and somebody says to me, you know, there's certain things about the home that I don't really want, um, you know, people going, you know, knowing about. That's uh-huh. okay. But you have to by law. If the agent does ask me, I have to say it. Uh-huh. But I so I don't like have to- with my manager Bonnie's house, yeah. she had asked earlier, um, David, if you could bury a body in your yard. Right. Right. Um, she asked him off while we weren't recording. She right. just sort of sidled up to him and said, can you bury a body. It was uncomfortable. It was weird. Uh, yeah. and uh, It felt a little too immediate. Yeah. So if she was selling was, her like, house, like she was going to follow it up with, do you have a shovel? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 No, I noticed she had dirt, dirt under her nails. Right. Um, so if, uh, where's Ken? Um, so... <laughs> So, um, so if someone said like, I don't, I don't want anybody going into the backyard and you notice like, <laughs> you know, an oddly oh, man. body sized. <laughs> We're really leaving Taylor's area of expertise yeah. in this moment. Okay. So if somebody said, I don't want them looking at the backyard, you, you can't, you can't say to the buyer, you can't look at the backyard. Well, no, I right? can't because you know, I'm, I was hired by the bot. I mean the seller, right? Uh-huh. So this is her property or his property. Uh-huh. So I am, you know, doing my due diligence and I'm going to show the house. But if she says, or he says, I don't want you to show the backyard uh-huh. when someone comes in or even when I listed on the MLS, it could say, you know, backyard is off limits, right? For oh, showing. Really? But we'll do a like private showings, uh-huh. you know? So you kind of walk so that line. So you could just drop like a backdrop with a painting of a beautiful <laughs> backyard on the other side so of Bonnie the window. So Bonnie should think about that if she sells her house and yeah, exactly. needs totally. people not to know about yeah, her makeshift like, graveyard. Say, that looks like a painting. Yeah. Stay away from there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes I, th- I find that that there's a little bit of overselling in the verbiage. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I am not accusing you of that, but like when I was shopping for a house, I, my memory of this is that I was told there was a jacuzzi at this house. Uh-huh. And it was, and I, I, you know, we got there in the jacuzzi, but there was a jacuzzi, but it was like noticeably and kind of oddly tiny. Yeah. And just in the middle, like, like the really, really small. And it wasn't uh-huh. until, you know, later I was talking to the owners of the house and I looked on the wall behind them and I saw a giant uh, portrait mm. of beloved, Hollywood actor Billy Barty, a little a little person, mm-hmm. 
Um, and I realized that I was talking to his family, and that that, that jacuzzi was was Billy Barney's. It was Billy Barney's. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. He was. Yeah. He was yeah, a little person. Yeah, he was yeah, an yeah. actor. Excellent actor. Yeah. 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 So wow. like, would you like if you had a house like that, would you? Advertise a jacuzzi? Yeah. I mean, it depends. If it's a jacuzzi, and it was it, a, jacuzzi. It as a jacuzzi, it was it's a jacuzzi. jacuzzi. Yeah. It was like it was not. It was not yeah. a jacuzzi that I could comfortably relax in with my say? wife. Like yeah. little people jacuzzi. No, like, you wouldn't you know? say that. No, I'm offended that you, you would know? say that. Yeah. No. No. Like, no. It's a jacuzzi. No, it was I think a this would Never be mind. a time where you would have to say, the owner doesn't want you going near the jacuzzi. <laughs> <laughs> Keep that tape measure away from that jacuzzi. Yeah. His family was lovely, by the way. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, yeah absolutely. Boy. Wow. Okay, so, uh, so what, are, what, what, what are the qualities of a successful real estate agent that Paula might or might not possess? You know, it's funny. I feel like the entertainment world is very similar to the real estate world. You have to kind of be a go-getter. You have to be a people's person, not a afraid to talk person. to people. Uh you know and I feel like it's funny being in this world because I used to do like TV hosting and singing and uh, you know running a magazine for a while so I was in that entertainment world that's where you're coming from yeah and Uh so when I got into this I never thought it was going to be something I'd be passionate about until I got in I realized it's the same thing it's all about going out there making connections with people telling you know your client's story which is their home you know a lot of times people have put a lot of work into their home right and they spend years with their family in there they want to have a real estate agent that's really going to represent their home the way that it is. Okay. Um, so yeah. you have to just be. Yeah. F- I would say stuff like my son put a hole in this door over here. <laughs> but you wouldn't be selling your home all the time. Oh, good point. You'd be selling other yeah. people's homes. Yeah, that's and a so yeah, actually, yeah. Which, which oh, kind of gosh. brings me to the next yeah. point. Is like, Boy, that you, would make the buyer upset, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> if I just kept reselling the same house. And it was yours? Yeah, yeah that exactly. would be really weird. Ooh, uh, you would have boy. to learn other people's stories, which, <laughs> is there a, which would mean some, some degree of listening, right? Yes. Oh, boy. Listen to you. Um, <laughs> do you. I'm sorry, I didn't hear what you said. Um, do you. Uh, do you. you Do you have adjectives that are your favorites? Um, to describe a real estate agent? No, to describe some home you would be selling. I mean, I, I like sleek. I like sexy, bright, open. Oh, uh-huh. because sleek, sexy, bright, open? Yeah. Uh-huh. Fantastic words. <laughs> I want to buy that house. What right? is, what's or a date sleek that house? What's a sleek house? Sleek, you know, it's sleek. Well, I know the word sleek, but I'm wondering how, you, how it would apply in a sentence. I mean, like this sleek modern property. You oh. know, I think it's something that's new, and it kind of has that, you Brushed know, metal all over the place. Right. I think. Yeah. <laughs> like a bachelor pad, you yeah. know. Or it can go really fast. Right. But it's a house. Oh. Do you sell so, mobile homes? No, I don't. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you did, sleek would be a good word. There you, you could, go. You could keep your favorite adjective. But yeah. for a house, I'm not sure the sleek works. A sexy house? You yeah. can have a sexy house. You know, a smart home. You know, you come inside, everything has a little iPad, or it's you know, brand new. There could be a sex appeal. You know, some cool art pieces. It's big windows. Big window. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. Is that sex appeal with big windows? I think so. Yeah. Uh, no, I think, I it's, think it's appealing that. to peeping toms. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is true. It's got sex if you have, appeal. If you have poor body image. You don't want to be getting one of those sexy homes with the big windows. No. I don't want the sexy home with the big window. I don't care. I would I, have one of I those close homes. my curtains at noon. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Okay, now, is there a such thing, there's a such thing as a judicial temperament. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're seeing a lot of that these days. With a the, judicial temperament? Yeah, they, yeah. Yeah, I like beer. Is that what you mean? That's not exactly what I mean. Is there a such thing as a real estate Temperament, Like, what's the temperament you need to be a good real estate agent? You need to be understanding and you need to be reliable. Because I think the biggest thing is there's so many real estate agents that I meet that 
they just don't have much personality. They're dry. They're older. And so they'll take a listing. They'll hustle hard for that listing. Uh But then they just kind of let it go because when you sign a listing agreement, it's usually for about a year. Okay. So you'll have agents fighting for that listing. And then once they get it, a lot of agents and a lot of clients that have come to me, like my agent just disappeared. They don't really care. They tried to sell it for two months. They couldn't sell it. And then they just went away. So you got to be- That's a lot like Hollywood too. Yeah. Welcome to LA. Yeah, yeah. Entertainment yeah. agents do yeah, that all the time. I was just about to say, right. you met my agent. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I have a really shy agent. That's a problem. You have a shy publicist. I have a shy publicist and an agent that doesn't like to talk on the phone. Interesting. Yeah. Those are both not great. Yeah. You need to be available, too. That's the biggest thing. Because I'll have clients that will just, they just need to talk about something. They're not, they're in the middle of escrow. They're scared. I'm like, call me. You know, Why get it out. Why are they scared when they're in the middle of escrow? They get cold feet. You know, it's, it's a big decision for a lot of people. They don't uh-huh. know if it's the right decision. You know, it's yeah. a lot of money they have to put down. And right. people are kind of scared. Or, like, let's say the house looks amazing on the outside. They do their inspections. They realize there's a lot of money you have to put into it to fix uh-huh. the house. Like, is it worth it? Right. Now, do you have to promote yourself a lot? Like, do you have a bus bench or those notepads with your pictures on them? I mean, listen, like, everyone has their own way of going about it. For me, I like referrals. I like knowing that, you know, my one of my good friends or my cousin knows this person who knows this person. Because then I kind of know it's the kind of same sphere but at the same time you know we all have our little tactics so when I have an open house I do have like little keychains that have a tape measure on it with my logo so they walk away with something useful you know yeah people are going to walk around with your name on their keychain right yeah Yeah. they're going to do yeah they're going to be measuring the size of the jacuzzi yeah right with your I'm almost sorry I told that story at this point But because I love that story. It's a good story. Yeah, it is. It was a great portrait too. It was this gigantic oil painting. It's weird that there would be a gigantic portrait of Billy Barty. Well, it's weird that there'd be a a portrait that big of anybody. But but this is what I'm saying is he wasn't that large. Yeah, portraits are usually not actual size anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But I just think it just draws more attention to the fact that he was a little person when you have an an enormous Billy Barty uh, portrait uh, in the bathroom, was it? No, no, it was in the living room. It was in the living room. I thought you said, so the jacuzzi was in the living room? No, the jacuzzi was on the patio. (laughs) Oh, it was like I a was little totally, hole in the patio. I was totally picturing this house wrong. Yes, you were. All right, Taylor, thanks for showing us this attractive career with a lot of curb appeal. And Paula, you've heard from Taylor. What do you think it takes to be a realtor? Do you think you can do it? Okay, ready? All right, because I just wanted to tell real estate agent Taylor Hasselhoff one more thing. And I don't, okay, well, when I did buy a house at one point, um, it, we, the, the real estate agent showed me the house, and the kitchen had one of those big island things in the middle. And, you know, I'm not a cook. And so I said to her, I said, is there any way we can get that big thing out of the middle? And she said, oh, no, that's your island. You're going to love your island. <laughs> And uh, she turned out to be right. We vacation there every summer. No way. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. She was right. Yeah, she was right. All she right. had a sense. Hey, house band Chuck McLean, could you hit me with a little background music uh, for, for my career search? Yeah. To be a successful real estate agent, you have to work every day. Now, that's no problem for me. I work like a dog. I also sell a remarkably soft tri-poly blend t-shirt with a self-portrait on the left breast and a memorable quote on the back. Real estate agents use descriptive words like sleek and sexy. Although, I could use my own words like, you could fit four litter boxes in here and non-allergenic. 
You have to be able to listen when your clients call you afraid of escrow. I can listen until the person I'm listening to says something that reminds me of something about me, and then I cut them off. So it'd be like, Paula, we're so worried about this investment. And I'd say, you're worried? I have a podcast. <laughs> you don't make any money at all on a podcast. Well, Mark Marin did, but I'm not Mark Marin, although I have cats. He says he's a cat guy. He has like three cats. I have 14 cats. All I do is sift. Hello? Hello, buyer? Are you there? <laughs> all right, well, um... In this big question of whether you're fated to be a realtor or you're going to have to indulge in more self-promotion, where are you going to be appearing next, Paula? Well, let me tell you, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> on October 26th, I'll be in Raleigh, North Carolina at the Duke Energy Center. And on November 2nd, I'm at the Capitol Theater in Madison, Wisconsin. All right. Good to know. Taylor Hasselhoff is a luxury real estate agent at Aaron Kerman Partners. Thank you, Taylor, for being on our show. We really appreciate it. You know, Adam, since I'm apparently going to be a comic for the rest of my life and then die, I might as well listen to some fun podcasts before I'm cremated. <laughs> <laughs> Maximum Fun has a ton to choose from. Here's a word about a couple of them that I really like. I listen to reading glasses because Bria and Mallory have great tips. If you're a comics reader and you want to use a library-connected app, you can try out Hoopla. I listen for the author interviews. I'm mad at myself that I waited as long as I did to start reading Joan Didion. They give me reading advice I didn't even know I needed. If you go in person to an event and go up to an author or a filmmaker or anybody and tell them what they you don't like about their work, you're a trash baby. I, look, I understand you didn't like Heroes Season 3. That's fine. I, like, <laughs> I don't actually need to know that information. I'm Brea Grant. And I'm Mallory O'Mara. We're Reading Glasses and we solve all your bookish problems every Thursday on Maximum Fun. So you want to understand what's going on in the world. But trying to keep up with the news can be such a headache. With clickbait headlines, TV news acting like there's always two equal sides to every story. And never enough talk about the various McDonald Playland characters. Okay, in my defense though, when I brought that up, we learned a lot. That's true. <laughs> I'm Brent Black. I'm Courtney Enlow. And I'm Travis McElroy. With Trends Like These. Real life friends talking internet trends. We debunk misleading headlines from the top trending news. We always throw in at least one positive story. But we call out bullshit when we see it. Join us each week on MaximumFun.org. Because with trends like these, who needs any memes? Ah? Uh? Ah? Uh? <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> Thank you to our house band, Chuck McLean. Now, if you have a question for Paula, email it to nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. That's also where you can send your theme songs. So find us on Facebook. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. We're there. You can follow me and Adam on Twitter and check out my website, www.paulapoundstone.com. I'm offering a selection of fine t-shirts. You did mention that, and I am rolling so hard on Allegra right now, I just love hearing about that tri-poly blend. It sounds oh, soft. Oh, man. If you were to be on Allegra and yeah. then touching oh, the remarkably soft... you could spend soft, your whole night doing that. Yeah. Hey, what's our, before I do our end credits, what's your feeling about Allegra? Are you in the moment? Uh, I have not been able... I have been no more in the moment than I ever am. 
Okay. Uh, so I'm gonna. So then Allegra, I'm gonna have to say that Allegra maybe is claiming something that's not. Uh, not true. Not true. And yeah, but it, it gets you high. That could be your new slogan. I, you know, I, I, it may have helped me with my allergies. <laughs> you sound, uh, you sound but it like didn't keep con- me in the moment. That's good to know. Okay, that's our show for tonight. I know what I want my tombstone to read. I want it to read, nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. Our show is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Felber. <laughs> Produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Tony Anita Hull. Technical direction by Ray Horseman. Thank you, Ray. Special thanks to tonight's house band, Banjo Picker Chuck McLean. Thanks again to our guests, Dr. David Sloan and Taylor Hasselhoff. Our security guard and chief Dodger fan at Ray Horseman Studios is Jonah Muscles Glickman. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? You know, I think I'm going to take another one of these Allegra and go curl up on a mattress out on Miranda Street. Let's do it, man. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.